Joey is here. Joey, could you come up here for a second, please? Larry and Joanne's grandson, Joey, is here this morning. And I told him this morning, I said, Joey, we have been thinking about you and we've been praying about you. And it's just because all these people love you. Isn't that true? Yeah. Like we all love Joey. And so we are going to continue to pray for Joey and ask God to be with this young man as he grows and becomes all that God wants him to be. We're so glad you're here today. You can go join grandma again, okay? Thanks, bud. Gary and Barb Zorn's granddaughter, Georgia, was supposed to have a surgery in the last week, uh, specifically on her heart. She's had a problem ever since she was born. In fact, she had a uh, surgery on her heart immediately after she was born. Uh, they need to do another surgery. They were looking to do that. It, it, uh, she, they didn't have the opportunity to do it this week. It, things didn't uh, work out the way they expected, and so she's going to have to have open-heart surgery now. She's just a, a an infant, and so we want to be praying for... Um, Georgia, as uh, as she gets ready for this surgery as well. And then I, I put a note in here about Tara Hansen. I don't see Tara this morning, uh, but I think Bob's here somewhere. Um, there he is. Um, Tara has made the decision uh, that she's going to have to have a, an ankle and a foot uh, taken off because of some extreme pain that she has there from an accident uh, several years ago. And she's anticipating the surgery coming up, and I just can't imagine the difficulty that one would have to go through uh, in making such a decision. And I just wanted you to remember Tara and your prayers as well, please. I saw them this week, and I mean, she she puts on a brave face, and you know, and everything. And I can imagine that she would, but it's uh, it's just so difficult to think about someone having to go through uh, that kind of experience and that kind of surgery. So we want to keep Tara Hanson in our prayers as well. I, I, I'm feeling compelled to pray. <laughs> pray God there there are people here this morning who uh, are hurting in various ways and they need your special comfort and peace and we want you to bring it God we thank you that we can go to you at times of need and that you bless us and we want father for all these people that we've been praying about and thinking about for so long to be put in your hands and God for you to bless them and we just we pray to you with confidence and with faith. And we're so grateful that we can come to you and that you as a loving, merciful God shower down your blessings on us. And I pray for every person who uh, has been infirmed in some way in the last little while. There's been so many we've prayed for. And God, we just pray that you would be with them all. Thank you that Joey could be here this morning. It's through Christ we pray. Amen. Luke 22. We are looking at Luke chapter 22 this morning, and it's about the Last Supper. The chief priests and the teachers of the law are looking to assassinate Jesus. And there's no way around it. If you looked at the first few verses of the text, what you would find is that they're looking to assassinate Jesus. And the people, on the other hand, are going wild for him. Like there are thousands of people, the text says, that are following Jesus around. 
They are convinced that Messiah has come and they are excited. They've seen him do all of these miracles and good things are happening. And so the chief priests and the scribes, they say, well, we'd love to do him in, but we can't do it because of the people. And so they're starting to formulate a plan. How is this going to happen? And finally, they launch on the plan when Judas comes to them and helps them out. And they say, well, this is great. You know, Judas is going to help us here. We're going to be able to get Jesus. We're going to be able to arrest him. And so in addition to these people being after him, Jesus now finds that one of his closest followers is betraying him and has arranged to have him arrested. And like anybody else who's terminal, with only a few days left, Jesus, a human being, has to be thinking about the things that are going on in his life. And wouldn't you be? Like, what if you had just a few days left and you knew it? Now, that's actually not that uncommon in our world. There are people who have to face this dilemma of having a few days left and they know it. What would you do? A few years ago, the bucket list came out. Is that where we'd be? Would we be thinking, I've got to go climb Mount Everest. I've got to jump out of an airplane. Do my bucket list stuff. Or would you just try and make sure that everything is in order? Or, Mike kind of indicated this earlier, would you sit despondent? Would you sit in silence praying for those days and those moments that you had left? And then, what if you were the son of God? He could have called 10,000 angels. And he didn't. And he knows. He knows about Judas. He knows what they have planned. He knows what is coming. What would you expect the Son of God to do in that kind of situation? What's he going to do? Well, Luke 22 tells us what he wants to do. Look at verse 7. Then came the day of unleavened bread in which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. And it's not just a throwaway thing that he had John and Peter go. John and Peter are two of his best. John and Peter are so close to him, they are his brothers. He chooses his best friends to go and prepare the Passover for him. It makes you think if maybe this isn't kind of special. Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare for it, they ask. He replied, as you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters and say to the owner of the house, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large upper room, all furnished, make preparations there. They left and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. 
For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. You know, I've never thought about the Lord's Supper quite the way that I was thinking about it this week as I was reading this text and preparing for today. Normally, when I think of the Lord's Supper, and I think you do too, normally when I think of the Lord's Supper, I think of the meal that Jesus instituted for you and me. And there are questions that come to my mind. I think, well, we're supposed to remember. We're supposed to discern the body of Christ. And so I think about the fact that there are two kinds of bodies of Christ. There's the body of Christ on the cross, and there's also the body of Christ that sits in pews. We're supposed to discern the body of Christ as we take the Lord's Supper. We're supposed to think about the forgiveness of sins. We're supposed to take about, think about what we're eating and what we're drinking. We even think about the order that these events occur in. We try and orchestrate them, actually, so that they occur in a certain way. All those things are relatively important to us. But what's interesting is that when we think of the Lord's Supper, we tend to think not so much of just the Lord, but we think of ourselves, too. And we think about how this supper is ordained, ordered, instituted for us. God gave us a meal in which to participate. I think all of that's true. But this week, I was thinking about how carefully Jesus plans this supper. And I was thinking about the things that are going on around him as he plans this supper. Like he gets John and Peter to go to this place, this special place, which he obviously has planned out before. He tells them exactly where to go, what they're going to find there, how this is all going to be set up. Go, you're going to meet this guy. He's going to tell you this thing. You're going to ask him this question. We're going to find this place to share the supper together. Jesus has it all planned out. Why is that? He didn't have to do it that way. But he does. And we actually find an answer first in verse 15 and then in verse 16. Look at this, verse 15. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. And verse 16 says, for I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. Jesus institutes the supper in the way that he does, with the carefulness that he does. Because this supper, for him, takes on a special meaning. He is going someplace, and he knows it. And as he gets ready to go, what he wants to do more than anything else is to have a meal with his best friends. The Lord's Supper is certainly something that's there for us as well. We are right to celebrate it as we do. But clearly the Lord's Supper was also for Jesus. He wanted to be with those whom he loved. He wanted to show them that he loved them. And in the process of loving them, he shows that he loves us too. 
And he institutes this meal so that in the middle of our meal, we can have fellowship, not just with one another. I know we have that, but we have fellowship with Christ. God comes. There's something that happens in the middle of the Lord's Supper where God comes and he is here with us. And our hearts and our minds turn to him. Our spirits turn to him. And he's here. And he fellowships with us. He eats with us. And so the the meal is not just a meal of remembrance. It's a meal of love. It's a final relational act of community. In which Jesus shares his love and enjoys the love he shares with his disciples. You know, the Passover was unlike any other event on the Jewish calendar. It just wasn't the same. You, most of you know what the Passover was about. This was an event in which God had specifically, carefully planned to care for and save Israel. This is the event that they would forever look back to and still do to this day. Look back to and say, God at this moment was saving us. This is the moment at which God's angel came and protected. And Jesus knows that at this moment, as he eats this meal with these people especially... That everything that it means to be Jewish is coming together. All that it means to be chosen by God is coming together. All that it means to be saved by God is coming together. And it's all wrapped up in this meal. This meal was a proclamation that the Jews were not alone. That God was with them. And that he would save them. And just think about what he must be thinking He is about to eat a Passover lamb even as he becomes that lamb. They are participating in a sacrifice. And he is about to become that sacrifice. They're celebrating salvation, but he is that salvation. And with all of that on his mind, as he gets ready to go home, eventually to be with his father, what he wants more than anything is to just be with his people. And so this morning he comes and he wants to be with his people. And when you take the supper, know that he loved his children. He loved us. And when we take the supper, we don't just remember the Lord. We share a meal with him. One that he wanted to come and join in with us in this meal. And he's here. And he loves being with us to share this meal. Michael mentioned John 13, where Jesus washes the disciples' feet. He clearly loves them. 
And he wants them to love one another. And at the supper, he models for them love. Washing their feet is an act of service and love in which he reveals just how much the supper is about love. Yeah, you, you know, Kelly, I just wanted to say that's sweet. But I think you're missing the text. And since I have a microphone, I just thought I'd share that with you. Um, take a look at verse 24, would you? Um, also, a dispute arose among them as to which of them was considered to be greatest. That's not so sweet. Like, you've painted this beautiful picture, but but look at this. Well, it is kind of a beautiful yeah, picture, wait, hey, Michael. Oh, hold on, I'm not done yet. Well, hold on. There, just don't oh, wait, Kelly. Yep. Jesus said to them in verse 25, The kings of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors, but you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table? But I'm among you as one who serves. You are those who have stood by me in my trials, and I confer on you a kingdom, just as my father conferred one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. What are you going to do with that? How's that a sweet picture? Well, it's a reasonable question. I mean, it is strange that Jesus is here doing what he does, and then they end up disputing what's going on. In fact, Michael's got a point. I mean, you look at verse 24 and following, it's almost shocking. As shocking as having someone interrupt your sermon with a scripture reading in the middle. Looking absolutely spontaneous. Isn't it amazing that Jesus communicates to them such love and such care? He wants so badly to be with them, to just share this meal with them, to start a meal in which afterward we can all participate throughout all the generations. And when he gets finished, he finishes the meal. And what do they start immediately talking about? How much he loved us. No, the text says also a dispute arose among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. Can you imagine we get together for the Lord's Supper on Sunday morning and we start to eat the supper. We share the supper together and all of a sudden one of you stands up and says, by the way, over there, Dale, I'm a better Christian than you are. Judy, I'm a way better servant than you will ever be. And you ought to see my wife. She's even better than me. Jesus has just finished washing their feet. The Son of God is preparing to go and die for these people. He has wrapped a tower on his waist. He has symbolized all that he is by washing their feet and explaining to them how much he loves them. And they begin to fight Afterward, about which one of them is the greatest servant among them? Are you kidding me? How could they possibly have missed the point anymore? And sometimes we're like that. Now you'd think that Jesus at this point would have been pretty put off. You'd think that at this point, after he had just done what he did, 
And at this poignant moment in his life, you'd think that he would have just had it up to here. I can't take this anymore. But here is something that is at least as amazing as the rest of it. Look at verse 28. Michael read this. You are those who have stood by me in my trials. And I confer on you a kingdom just as my father confirmed one on me. So that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. I cannot think of words more grace-filled than those. It's as if he interrupts their bickering and instead of saying, stop bickering, he says, I just want to tell you that I'm still showering down my blessings upon you. And he overlooks at that moment, when he wants so badly to commune with them in love, he overlooks the fact that they selfishly bicker. And despite their pettiness, despite their sinful self-centeredness and pride, he extends his grace and still offers them special places in the kingdom, even right then. Why? Because despite the fact that they have missed what he's trying to do, he still loved them. And he wanted so badly just to share this time, this moment with these brothers and sisters of his. And so sometimes, brothers and sisters, we too show that we have missed it the way that they missed it. Like them, so much like them, we are self-centered we miss what he wants for us. Service ends up not coming very easily. Love doesn't come very easily. Choosing life over sin does not come so easy for us. But still, he gives us a place in his kingdom. We receive thrones, mansions, and dwell in his presence. When we take the meal, we come into the, his presence in love. We come into his presence in mercy. We are all unworthy to enter into his presence, to come into the presence of God, for he is holy. And as we prepare to take the meal, though we are all unworthy, we will lift up our hearts and our hands together. For the King of Kings and the love he brings is here in this place. Luke's reading of the supper is a little bit different than those you find in the other Gospels. People have uh, occasionally done what they think is a mess up and they'll accidentally serve the fruit of the vine first and then later on take the bread. And they think, oh, I've, I've blown it. I got everything out of order. No, they've just been reading Luke. Luke does this because the Passover consisted of different offerings of a cup. It wasn't just one cup that would go on during the Passover feast. And so... There are different cups that are offered here. So there's no set order that it has to go in. It goes in the order that God is blessed by. 
we do something and God blesses us in participating in this meal. And if the cup goes first, that's fine. After taking the cup, as it starts out here, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so certainly we do this in remembrance of Christ as well as just basking in the love of his fellowship and presence. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. But the hand of him who's going to betray me is with mine on the table. The son of man will go as it has been decreed. But woe to that man who betrays him. And they began to question among themselves which of them it might be who would do this. And so again, there's this poignant moment where Jesus knows exactly what's happening at the supper. That someone is betraying him. But he participates in the bread. He participates in the cup. Intended for forgiveness. And intended for fellowship. And he does that even with Judas. Which tells me something about the grace he extends to me. Let's pray for the bread. Holy Father, we ask you today to bless us as we take this supper and as we fellowship with you. We are grateful for your presence. Thank you, Jesus, for wanting to share with us a meal. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Supper makes mention of the fact that we aren't to take the Lord's Supper unworthily. Well, we, we sang a moment ago and we talk often about the fact that we're unworthy. There's a difference between being unworthy and taking the supper unworthily. One of the things that, that is totally appropriate is for sinful people to come before God and to take the meal and to be renewed again. And if you're like me, that's what's happening right now. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we're not bickering this morning. But there are other ways in which we, in our lives, dishonor you. Forgive us. And even now, I thank you and praise you for the forgiveness that we receive. And we thank you that this blood of yours was shed on our behalf. And we're grateful today that we can take a meal, that we can drink something, this juice that represents that blood and reminds us of you. And Father, through which we experience fellowship with you. Thank you for being here with us, God. It's through Christ we pray. Amen. Like if Jesus went into this meal thinking, I want to share with these brothers who are so close to me this last meal. Every Sunday when we take it, 
it must just fill him with joy. Christians all over the world taking the Lord's Supper together. He must just think, oh, I get to share in this meal with them again. I pray that our attitudes are somehow like those of Christ Jesus in this one.